They gave you some homework? Yes, homework. You don't get homework very often, but last week was one of those weeks. For those of you who were here last week or watching online, did you do it? If you haven't, you, you can still do it. You don't lose any marks if you didn't do it, but you might lose out on the blessing that God has for you, seriously. So if you missed last week, let me tell you about it. You can still do it. Uh, it's really good stuff for all of you, and it lays the foundation for what I want to talk about this week. The homework challenge that I, I gave last week is to take an hour out of your a week alone with God as you are alone with God in your Bible, maybe reading the Gospel of Luke or John or any of the Gospels, but as you are alone with God, ask God to speak to you. Ask God to show you His vision or a bit of His vision for your life and for your family in 2022. Listen for God and, and picture what He's saying to you, and then write it down. Write it down and put it somewhere where you can look at it regularly and pray through it and start to take steps of faith, even exercise crazy faith to see it happen. Well, what does God want to do in your life this year? Ask Him. How does God want your family to serve Him this year? Ask Him. What does God want your marriage to look like? Ask Him. How does God want you to be a part of His mission this year? Well, just ask Him. And then... Step out in faith and begin to move toward the vision Jesus has given to you for this year. <clears throat> what I'm saying is, ask God for his vision for your marriage. Yes, it's in the Bible. Um, you need what's in the Bible. But God will kind of narrow in on some of it and, and speak very specifically to you. And, and then take some steps in the direction of that vision. And what happens is, as you take steps to strengthen your marriage, God meets you supernaturally and does what you cannot do so that your marriage will flourish. Do that with your family, with your kids. Then do it with your work. God has a vision for you at work. Well, what is it? What do you need to do? And where does God need to turn up supernaturally? And do that with your church. How would God have you serve with your church? How would God have you support your church? And friends, God might just call you to do something that is a bit unusual, a, a bit outside of your comfort zone, and it might take just a little bit of crazy faith, like you saw in the video, to do what God is asking you to do to enter into the vision that God has for your life. You really do want to take some time to get God's picture for God's vision for your life this year. You know, you need to find an hour alone with God. It starts, yes, with with what you know is in the Bible, God's Word, there are things that you know you need to do because it's clear in the Bible. But God has a very specific ta tailored vision for your life. There might be maybe a, a specific scripture he wants you to work with in your life this year. The only way you know is by spending time alone with him and in his word, listening to him, asking him to speak, and, and then writing it down. And then what I would suggest you do is you share that with a trusted friend or mentor who can discern with you, you know, what of that is from God, what is just your own stuff, and, and your own stuff isn't bad. It's just good to know what uh, are your personal thoughts as well as what is actually from God. What is God calling you to do? <clears throat> so I find somebody, you know, that I can pray with this about and talk with this about. This is something that I do. I have some individuals in my lives that I bounce this kind of stuff off of. And this year, there are two verses that I'm grabbing a hold of. 
both are uh, words uh, from the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans. The first is rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. That's Romans uh, 12, 12. And the second is a bit earlier in that letter. But if we hope for what we do not see, um, we wait for it with patience. And both these verses, what they're really about uh, is crazy faith that... uh, Uh, Just the idea of trusting God, being patient, that God is going to bring us through uh, this pandemic together. He's going to bring us through as a church and as your families with great health and vitality. Because as we said last week, it is the heart of God to see us all live well. Listen to these words from our God we've been using in the last few weeks. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a, a hope and a future. Friends, that is the the heart of our God. The Apostle Paul said, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to, to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Friends, God's got good stuff for you to do this year. Ministries he wants you to be a part of, people he wants you to care for, bless, and lead to Jesus. He has prepared all of this work in advance for you to do. But you must listen to Jesus and hear what he's calling you to do. And then you must follow Jesus and do what he's calling you to do. Hey, there is no life better than living a life surrendered to Jesus and doing what he's calling you to do. That is the only way you will be able to experience life to the full. That is the only way to a life that flourishes and and becomes full of joy. We have to learn to live by faith and not by sight. It's an awesome way to live. Sure, it might get a little crazy at times, but a little crazy in a good way. Now, in this journey of seeking to find God's vision for our lives and doing it in the middle of the darkness and disease and political unrest of these days, I want to quickly take you to an Old Testament story that shows how, sadly, most people reject God's vision because because sometimes it's just too uh, scary crazy for them. But that for those with faith, For those who walk by faith and not by sight, what happens is simply amazing. It's a story that really challenges me personally. It's found in the book of Numbers, chapters 13 and 14. The nation of Israel has miraculously been set free from 400 years of slavery in Egypt. God has given the people of Israel a vision for a new land, a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. This land will become Israel's permanent home. Um... They got a clear vision from God of what God wants to do and where he is leading them. Friends, God knows your future just like he knows, knew the future of Israel. He's got great plans for you. He's got work that he's prepared in advance for you to do. There's a sense in which he's calling you and me right now to experience the life that we're desperate for, even a life full of milk and honey. Okay, let's get to the story. So the people of Israel... As they fled slavery in Egypt, they, they experienced God's supernatural parting of the waters of the Red Sea for them. I mean, just an incredible miracle. They've now crossed the wilderness and have come to the edge of the promised land. But before they go in, Moses chooses 12 representatives, each from the 12 tribes of Israel, to go ahead of the people of Israel and spy out the land. Moses is asking these 12 to check out the land and to come back with a vision report. How are we going to possess this land? Moses says, go into the land that represents our future and find out everything you can about what we're up against and let's get a sense of what God is going to do for us. We read in the book of Numbers, 
Moses gave the men these instructions and he sent them out to explore the new land. Go northward through Negev into the hill country and see what the land is like and, and find out whether people living there are strong or weak, whether they're, whether they're many or, or, or few. What, what kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there, may, are there many trees? Enter the land boldly and bring back uh, samples of the crops you see. Friends, there is something for us to learn here. We can only accomplish the impossible when we have a good idea of what it is that is impossible. When we know the impossible thing that God is asking us to do, and we say, God, you, you, you really want me to do that? God, you, you know that's impossible, like you know that's crazy. Hey, everything that's ever been accomplished in history started as an idea in somebody's mind, often an idea to do the impossible, but we have to imagine it, we have to see it, and I would add, uh, you have to ask God to show it to you and show you what he wants you to do. You, you have to be able to visualize what it is that God's calling you to do. Can you visualize the family that God wants you to have? Can you visualize the marriage that God wants you to experience? Can you visualize the way God wants to use you in this church? You, you must develop a, a picture. That's the idea behind the word vision. What picture is God painting of your life in 2022? Are you making time for him to speak to you about this? Let's go back to the Old Testament book of Numbers. After seeing the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses and Aaron and, and the people of Israel waiting at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they'd taken from the land. And what they saw was really promising. I mean, good land, good fruit, the place was just amazing. But there's a problem. And the problem has to do with where you place your vision. This is where I think many of us are struggling right now. Two of the 12 spies, Joshua and Caleb, looked with eyes focused on what God could do. They looked at the land with eyes of faith. They had a genuine, God-given prophetic vision. They were not afraid of crazy. They were not afraid of the impossible. God was on their side. But the other 10 of the 12 spies looked at the land through the eyes of what is only humanly possible. And when what's humanly possible seems a little impossible, the vision, well, their vision became clouded by fear. As we come out of two years of the pandemic, it's easy to let the pandemic cloud our vision. It's easy to let fear take over for us to only see what is and not what God could do. Ten of the twelve spies were gripped by the reality of the obstacles that were before them. And yes, the, the obstacles, they're real. I mean, listen to, their report, uh, listen to their report to Moses. We arrived in the land you sent us to see, and it is indeed a magnificent country, a, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is some of its fruit as proof. But the people living there are powerful and their cities and towns are fortified and very large. We also saw Anakim, descendants of Anak, who are living there. Anakim is a, a race of uh, uh, larger people, giants. 
at least in the eyes of uh, ten of the spies, these people looked intimidatingly strong and powerful. I mean, the ten spies probably overemphasized how big these Anakin were. They, they were scared by what they saw, and they let fear take over their report. It's kind of like when some of us tell fish stories, you know, the, they just get bigger and bigger. So with Anakin, they just got bigger and bigger. So the spies brought conflicting news. Two of the spies kept their eyes on God and had eyes of faith, and, and they gave positive news. We can do this. God is with us. We can do this. They knew what God had promised, and they operated with prophetic vision. But ten of the spies had eyes of fear. Even though God had promised them this land, ten of the twelve were gripped or frozen by fear. And I think, you know, those that see the world through the eyes of fear so often do outnumber those who see with prophetic vision. The ratio in our story of fear-filled versus faith-filled is six to one. And those who do this kind of research tell us that the negative news spreads 10 times faster on social media than, than positive news. And, and what happens uh, when we let our vision get clouded by fear instead of faith is we underestimate the abilities that God has given us. I mean, look at where the 10 negative spies go with their report. But the men who had gone up with Caleb said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. First, they're underestimating their own ability. Even more so, they're underestimating what God wants to do through them. That's what happens when you take your eyes off of Jesus and the promises that he's given you, and you let your circumstances cloud your vision. The spies who let fear cloud their vision saw themselves as inadequate. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw are of great size. We, we saw giants there. We, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. This is pathetic, really. These are people who have been given a promise from God. These are people who have experienced the miraculous spectacularly. They've been delivered from slavery in Egypt. They've seen God's ten plagues in Egypt. They walk through the Red Sea with the water standing up on either side of them. They watch God crush the Egyptian army in that Red Sea. They've, they've seen God supply their meals and lead them to this point. They are on the edge of the promised land now. God has promised it to them, and they just see themselves as grasshoppers. It's sad. It's a really pretty sad self-image. We're insects, we're bugs, and God's just going to... These guys are just going to squash us. And then look at what they say. We saw ourselves as grasshoppers, and we looked the same to them. They, what are they doing? They're projecting their fears onto others. Now, that's what happens when you let fear cloud your vision. You project your fears on everyone else. You know, you say, they, look, they see the same thing I see. They see me as terrible, right? If you think you look a certain way, you think everybody else thinks you look that way. Lucas thinks he looks sexy. Okay, just kidding. He is, all right? Sorry. Um, but my point is, when you project your fears, your, your perceptions on others, that's a problem. It's a trap. And, and what is the result of their fear-filled report? It totally overpowers the reports of the two who had a God-given prophetic vision. The two who knew what God had promised and that God would keep his promises. The people rejected the vision of faith and they went with the vision of fear. 
And as the people grabbed the fear-based vision, they just became miserable. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. When you let fear cloud what God wants to do, when you don't live with eyes of faith, sometimes depression can set in. That's not the only reason for depression, but it is a reason, and it's a reason why some of us are depressed today. We've kept our eyes on our circumstances. We've let our circumstances overwhelm us, and we're not living out the prophetic vision that God has for us. We're not stepping out in faith. And the people just grumble and complain. They second-guess their leaders. I mean, this is a mess. And what happens? Only two guys of all of the Israelites alive at this moment, of the whole nation of Israel, they're on the, alive at that time at the edge of the promised land. Only two of them make it into the promised land. Joshua and Caleb are the only two guys who experience what has been promised. The rest of them who were alive at that time died in the wilderness. They let their fears take over and they died in the wilderness. you got to understand this. Sadly, most people choose fear over faith. Sadly, most people, and I mean most Christians, choose to abandon the prophetic vision that God has given to them. And rather than letting that vision lead them into the life and life to the full that Jesus has for them, they choose fear and it leads them to death in the wilderness. But look at what Caleb said. Look at his words of faith. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go at once and take possession of the land right now. We can certainly do this. Friends, stop defeating yourself with the paralysis of analysis, right? Do it now. You defeat fear by, uh, by, by not by arguing against your fears. You, you, you defeat fear by movement, by saying yes to God and moving forward. Not by obsessing about it, but by moving against it and moving through it. But the people of Israel chose to go with the majority report. And consequently, the New Testament writer of Hebrews writes one of the saddest verses of the Bible. Uh, this is from the Amplified Version. So we see that they, the people who were slaves that had been freed, uh, they were not able to enter the promised land because of their unbelief. So here's the question that I've been asking myself that maybe you should ask as well. What blessing of God am I missing out on because of my unbelief? As you look to the future, friends, don't be consumed with the giants. We serve a God who is a giant slayer. When we choose faith over fear, when we walk by faith and not by sight, our God goes ahead and he slays the giants. That's what Joshua believed. Then Joshua said, when we saw the land ourselves, and it's very good, if we obey the Lord, he will surely give us that land rich with milk and honey. So don't rebel. We have no reason to be afraid of the people who live there. The Lord is on our side, and they won't stand a chance against us. And friends, that is God's word for you and me today. God has a vision for your life. It's a good vision. A vision full of hope. A vision of life to the full. A vision for relationships and families that are strong and flourishing. A vision where your work not only matters, but God has you working where you are on purpose to, to be his life-giving light where you work. Or maybe it's a vision that you will work again. 
And it's a vision that includes you and your family connecting to your church where you partner with your church in the one cause that not only changes lives right now, but forever. God has prepared all sorts of stuff for you in advance. Work that he has for you, ministry that he has for you, life to the full that he wants you to enjoy. So will you go back to that homework assignment or start that homework assignment? Will you take some time, an hour this week, or if you did that, maybe another hour, get alone with God, get into his presence and ask him to reveal to you some of what he wants to do in and through you in 2022. Maybe as a part of doing this, uh, getting yourself thinking about this, you will want to read or listen to that book, Crazy Faith, that uh, the video talked about before the message. It's, there are some copies available in the lobby. It's just a crazy story of a young, crazy guy who was crazy enough to believe the vision God gave him. It's kind of a mind-blowing, faith-building book. I, I just really encourage you to, to read it or listen to it. Friends, can we just abandon safe, feel-good Christianity? Can we get past our addiction to that feel-good quiver in the liver? Can we just surrender our lives to Jesus who has our best at heart? Yeah, it's a dark world out there. This pandemic that is not ending sucks big time. I get that. But none of this catches Jesus by surprise. I mean, Jesus did say, in this world you'll have trouble. But he also said, take heart. I have overcome the world. So it doesn't matter how much trouble is in your personal world right now. It doesn't matter how much trouble is in the entire world right now. Jesus has overcome the world. And his vision for you includes you overcoming the world. You overcoming the world as you fix your eyes on Jesus, get a hold of his vision for your life, and then step out with a little bit of crazy faith and do what he's asking you to do. Will you decide to follow Jesus? I mean, really follow him. Listen to him, read his word, and do what he specifically asks you to do. Then you will find life and find it to the full. Let me pray a prayer that, we'll do, that we would do just that. And as I do, as I tell you most weeks, just take this prayer and make it your own prayer and pray this with me. So let's pray. Father God, I do take heart that you have overcome the world. I believe that you have good plans for my life. I do believe that you have prepared good works for me to be a part of for me to do. I believe that you love me deeply and have my best interests at heart. And so I pray that I would hear from you, that I would get a glimpse of your vision for my life, even for this next year. Speak to me this week and then speak to me day by day by day. And Lord Jesus, I renounce feel-good, play-it-safe Christianity. I, I plunge my life fully into your arms. Take my life and use it for your glory, for the changing of lives, not only in this church, but throughout this city. Take my resources and use them to make a powerful difference in what you're doing in my city. I don't want to play at Christianity. I want to go all in for who you want me to be. I, I want to go all in for the plans you have for my life. I want to be part of a great movement of God, playing the role you have for me to see more and more of your kingdom come and your will be done in Fort McMurray as it is in heaven. And I pray all this in the incredibly powerful name of Jesus. Amen.